Well, it's a nice crisp morning out there, but it's the day the Lord has made, and we'll rejoice and be glad in it. Well, I really don't have to preach this morning because the message has already been preached in, in the praise. If you listened and you didn't get any uplifting out of that, then you were asleep, right? Because it was it was encouraging and speaking to us, the Lord was speaking to us. But anyway, since I said I would do this, I'll have to go on. <laughs> So if you would, we'll stand with me and we'll read a little passage of Scripture first as we begin. And if you'll turn to Luke chapter 18, we'll read the first eight verses. And Jesus spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought to always to pray and not to faint, saying there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterwards he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor record man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she wearies me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge says. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth. Let's pray. Father, we see in your word encouraging words. We want to receive them and apply them to our lives. And we receive it now in Jesus' name. And we thank you for it. Amen. You can be seated there. <coughs> Again, I may be preaching to myself this morning, but that's always good. You can listen. <laughs> if it doesn't affect you. But to back up a little bit, back in the 1980s, some of you weren't even here in 1980, but in the 1980s and 90s, it seemed like faith in God was at an all-time high. I mean, the, everywhere we went, all the churches we were acquainted with, it was a going, going to church was an exciting adventure. Everybody looked forward to it. We can't wait to get there. Churches were full of joyful people expecting in every service to see the Spirit of God moving. It was an exciting time. And the faith was, message was being preached and preached and people were believing. Confessions were made, confessions of faith. People were standing up and confessing, I believe God's healed this, I believe God's doing that. The gifts of the Spirit were in operation. Praise and worship was exuberant. And it brought forth a joyful atmosphere and people traveled far and wide to hear the message of faith, to see what God was going to do, that God would meet every need. Some of us even packed up our belongings, left all the security of home and family and everything that we had, and moved to where we could be a part of what we felt like God was doing. But over time, see, time seems to change almost everything. Everything. 
not everything, but almost everything. And as over time, one by one, the men that God had drawn out and, and anointed to preach the faith message, he began to take them home. One by one, here, one there, and yonder. And people began to scatter like sheep without a shepherd, began to go here and there and, and everywhere. And that eventually filtered all the way down to us. And now as a smaller group, sitting six feet apart because of the virus or more, the atmosphere has changed. We can't, we can't help that it has. The atmosphere has changed. And since we're emotional creatures and God made us that way, we're greatly affected by our surroundings. A church full of people, like-minded believers, gives us a sense of security and peace. And it's easy to be joyful, exuberant, believing people, uplifted in that kind of circumstances. But as the church has grown smaller and smaller and more separated, as I say, we feel more and more isolated from each other and it plays on our emotions. Again, like I say, maybe I'm just talking to myself. Maybe it's not affecting anybody else. But some of us, including me for sure, have allowed the circumstances to dampen our spirits just a little bit and lose some of that joy and excitement and exuberance that we once had. And we're a little bit quieter, and there's a little bit of a sense of a gnawing of uncertainty. What is happening? What is God doing today? Where is all this leading? And the devil tries to use these questions to dampen our faith and to get us discouraged. But we know that God is still in control of his world. And nothing has happened, or nothing ever will happen, that surprises God. He has, all, he has allowed these things to happen in our time, possibly in order to test our faith and our endurance. Go back now to the verse Luke 18. In that verse 8, at the end of talking about the prayer, Jesus asked this question, When I come back, will I find faith on the earth? Is he coming back soon? It seems like it, but we don't know. We're waiting to see. But because he asked that question, it seems that he saw into the future and he saw that in these latter days, faith would be scarce. People would be falling away. People would be questioning. People would be giving up on their faith. And to add to this, 1 Timothy 4, chapter 1, you can re we can turn to that if you like. Just a, just a verse there to to add to this.
Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. So Paul is saying here that the Spirit is speaking expressly. Does that mean that the Lord gave him a special revelation? Possibly. Maybe he's hearing it from other people that as, as the, uh, the Holy Spirit speaks to people that this is something that will happen in the last days. And we know it's true because we've seen it. But I believe something that really adds to this is more than the demons and the spirits is time and circumstances. See, time and circumstances are a great faith robber. You know, just, just an example, there's a lot of examples, but, and I'm not talking about anybody here, but I've known people who had strong faith and strong convictions when their children were little. But as their children began to grow up, time, and their children were no longer wanting to walk with the Lord, circumstances, the parents gave up their faith and their convictions to please their children. See, we've seen that happen. It happens a lot because time and circumstances changes people. Well, the question that Jesus asked at the end of that passage, is, which is called the parable of the unjust judge, and it's about an ungodly judge. We all know this passage who didn't care about anybody or he didn't care about God. He didn't care about right and wrong. But this lady came and pestered him to the point that he couldn't stand it. He got so frustrated, he said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take care of her problem just to get rid of her because she's aggravating me. But Jesus said, listen to what, what this unjust judge did. And he went on to say, God is not like that. God is not like this unjust judge. God honors persistent faith. God honors persistent prayer when we call upon him. In fact, he invites us to do so. And then back in verse 1, we are given the whole purpose of this parable. Always pray and not faint. So God loves persistent prayer. And he's not, not aggravated with us when we call. He wants us to pray. He wants us to ask. He wants us to depend on him. He wants our fellowship and our communion. Prayer is a lot more than asking for things. Prayer is connecting with God and letting him strengthen us and encourage us. So God counts this consistent, persistent prayer as a way of building up our faith. So we won't faint as we wait on God. I was thinking, always pray and not faint. Faint. There's another place in Scripture where this same word is used. Hebrews 12, chapter 3, verse 3. If you want to turn there quickly, just so you'll know what's in there. This is an encouraging word to us. For consider Jesus that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, 
lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. See, our battles are fought right up here in our minds. We get the victory in what we believe or what we don't believe. That controls. So our, our minds are important that we maintain faith in God. But just to be done, I looked up the word faint in the dictionary. And it's one of the, there's several definitions. It all depends on how you're applying the word. But one of them said that lacking brightness. And I was thinking, well, you know, if you have a flashlight and the battery's going bad, the light sort of gets dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. Could that be that Jesus is talking about us losing that little twinkle in the eye and a smile on the face and a skip in the step? Could it be that time and circumstances is taking away that brightness? Another definition was lacking loudness. The softening of a sound, the volume turning down. Could that be applied to our praise, our exuberance, our speaking out about God and his word? Could that apply to a loss of joy? How about this definition? We're about to lose consciousness. The faint is about to lose consciousness. Could Jesus be saying that time and trouble and circumstances can cause us to lose consciousness of the necessity to always pray and stay in close communion with God. See, he knew, he knew what was coming down the road. He knew we were going to be tested. And he was encouraging us, continue to pray, stay close to God, keep God in your thoughts and in your mind, because time will cause you to drift away if you don't. We are to fight a good fight of faith. That's First Timothy six twelve. To lay hold on eternal life. That which we are called and professed a good profession before many witnesses. This is actually Paul talking to Timothy, a young preacher who was you know having a lot of difficulties in his life. The devil was attacking. Paul is telling him, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Come against all the questions that come to your mind about God's faithfulness. But this passage speaks directly to you and I. Haven't we also made that same profession of faith? And aren't we being attacked by the devil? And, and circumstances and time constantly, constantly trying to depress us. We get all the negative, you know, you can't turn on a radio or TV or pick up a newspaper without everything being negative. Yeah. The presidential election is negative. The virus is a negative. The, all the protesting and all the confusion, it's all negative. Changing times if we allow it, can affect our faith. 
And we humans are naturally inclined to be a little bit spiritually lazy. You're not. Okay, that's good. But sometimes you get up and you think, man, I don't, I don't, I don't want to pray today. I don't feel like praying today. I don't feel like fighting. I'm going to just kick back and relax and let the world go by. Sometimes we forget. We're spiritually lazy. We can forget to pray. Days half over, we haven't prayed. We wake up spiritually. Because faith is dying of starvation when we're not praying in communion with God. It's starving. And a lack of communication distances us from God. He's still there, but we backed away from him. We've lost that real present contact and touch. Because prayer is more than asking, it is fellowship and communion where God strengthens us and encourages us. And Jude 20 tells us that we build up our faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. So we have to constantly remember to do that. We have to keep that in our mind. We can pray while we're working. We can pray while we're driving. We can pray while we're almost asleep. Praying in the Holy Spirit that keeps our focus on God and away from our circumstances. Just again, a simple little verse of 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Pray without ceasing. There again, we're admonished to constantly keep in communion with God. But see, we think about something all the time. It's very seldom that our minds are blank. We got something on our mind all the time. And we can let the cares of the day overwhelm us and we forget to pray. And we get to let those cares drag us down. So we've got to constantly fight because faith is just confidence in God. It's just that simple. We have confidence in God and we must fight to keep it strong. You know, each and every one of us has faith in God as a creator and sustainer of his world. How do I know that every one of you have that faith? When you go to bed at night, do you ever lay there wondering, is the sun going to come up tomorrow? I don't know whether I want to go to sleep or not, but the sun might not come up. No, we lay there thinking about what we're going to do tomorrow. We're so sure the sun's going to rise and it's going to be a tomorrow that we're already planning out our day. So if we had that kind of faith in all the promises of God, we'd be on cloud nine. We'd be looking for cloud ten instead of being under cloud one. See, we can let cloud one over just dampen us down. But see, that that's a real exercise of our faith almost unconsciously. We just have so much confidence in that that we don't even think about it. But yet it's our faith being exercised. But this is this is Kentucky words, but it ain't gonna happen unless we stay constantly in touch with God and keep that faith strong. 
And you know, I read a little thing about the Apostle Paul the other day in a commentary. He said that in the end, Paul's faith in God and Jesus Christ cost him everything. For in the end, all he had was his faith. But in the end, his faith was all he needed. And that's true. We've got to stay faithful to God. And that's the whole purpose and the whole point in our life. And as we contemplate our and evaluate our own present circumstances and the level of our faith and the depth of our faith, we've got to ask ourselves, has God changed with time and circumstance? Everything and everybody else has. We've all changed. We're a little bit older. Hopefully a little bit wiser. Maybe. Hopefully. But time has changed everything except God. Because when we open his book, it reads the same as it did back in the 1980s. It still contains all these instructions that we need to live a godly life. It is still full of all the promised blessings. And he stands behind his word to grant us all these things that we need. So why should we faint? Why should we grow weary and lose consciousness when we have so great a God who is watching over us all the time? You see, we had troubles and trials back in the 80s, just like we do now. But God was there then. God is still here now. Nothing has changed with God. And Jesus is looking for some faith that possesses what it cannot see. We go all the way back to Mark eleven twenty four. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive it, and you shall have it. And sometimes we begin to think, well, I don't have much faith. What would you do? You use it every day. It's not always directed to God, but we use our faith constantly. I mean, if you go turn the light switch on, are you surprised when it comes on? No. You had faith in the electricity and the light bulb. You're surprised when it didn't come on. And you have faith when you drive down the highway. If you didn't, you'd be pulling over to the side every time you saw a car coming and the guy was on his phone. You'd think, this guy's going to hit me, he's going to hit me. Or you see this lady, she's polishing her fingernails while she's driving. And you think, but see, we have have faith that these people are conscious, that they're watching what they're doing, and they know where they're going. We have faith in the U.S. mail. We we mail our letters, we mail our bills, we have faith they're going to get there. Some people even have faith in the Internet. I mean, you've got faith when you believe in the Internet. But the most important thing is that we have our faith grounded and focused on our God. That's where we get our peace, and that's where we get our joy. Because all these other things, they can fail. Even though we have faith in them, they can fail. But God never fails. He cannot fail. For he has promised. And to be able to communicate with God, the God of all creation, is an incredible privilege.
that he would allow us to talk with him. And he would speak to us and speak to our heart. We may not hear audible voices, but God uses a lot of things to speak to us. And talking with God and abiding in Christ, loving his word, meditating on his word, it brings spiritual life. It brings strength. It brings health and joy to our redeemed nature. So let's look now at another familiar verse, First John 5, 14 and 15. This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. This is the confidence, faith, assurance that we have in him. That if there's no sin in our life, we got our hearts are clean before God we can ask anything according to his will and if we don't know his will we can look in his word and most of the time it's clear if it's not we can pray and he will show us his will and if we know that we have his will we know that he hears us and godnet.com is always open you can contact him anytime and there's no buffering he hears. He hears when we pray. And he says, if, if he hears and he, we prayed according to his will, what does he say? He says we have what we asked for. So we can know in our knower that he has heard us. We can know in our knower that we have what we asked for or desired of him. We now possess what we cannot yet see. Well, we have to really continually press that into our minds and our hearts because if we don't see it pretty quick, we tend to lose heart. We begin to faint in our faith. When we order things online, we say, I've got it. I ordered this thing. It's coming. It'll be here in a few days. Somebody says, you sure? Yeah, I ordered it online. It's coming. I know it is. Well, what kind of response do we have when we pray and we ask to make a request of God? Are we that sure? See, we say we no longer are trying to get something from God. We can say we possess it. That's what he says here. We have it. So what kind of condition should we be in? Shouldn't we go into our happy mode? Amen. You know what a happy mode is? You start clapping your hands and you're dancing your feet and you start getting beside yourself and you're saying, I got it, I got it, I got it. Praise God, I got it, I got it, I got it. Praise God. Or do we just say, 
Well, I prayed. Uh, it's coming, I think. I hope, maybe. See, this word is a word of assurance. And that's when real faith is in action, when we can actually act out our faith with our expression, a smile, a skipping a step, our confessions are good, our joy is good. This is where we want our faith to be. We've heard this message now for, what? I've been here 35 years. But we still have to constantly, constantly stay in touch with God to keep that faith where it ought to be. So when you sense your brightness is dimming, pray. When you sense your praise is fading, pray. When you sense you're losing consciousness, pray and not faint. That's an admonition directly from Jesus himself to every one of us. Something we need to continually be aware of our need for Jesus in our life and our need to stay in touch. Even if you don't have a big need, just talk to him. Just talk about your situation. You won't surprise him if you tell him something you think he didn't know. He knows all about us. And there's nothing wrong with confessing. Lord, I'm having this problem. He says, I know. He says, I'm here to help you. Just just talk to me about it. Just, just confess your problems. Confess your weaknesses. And he will help us. He will guide us. He will strengthen us. And he will carry us through. So we want to possess everything that we ask for and, and rejoice in it and not let our circumstances here drag us down. I know myself, I couldn't carry a tune in a bucket when I'm singing, trying to sing. So when, when there's few and far between, my singing goes down. It goes down in the bucket further and further. But see, when it's easy when the place is full of people and everybody's singing, I think they won't even hear me, so I just let it go. <laughs> or when I'm when you're alone and, you, and you're driving in the car or by yourself, you can you can get with it. But we need each other. We need that close fellowship where we feel a sense of security and a, a brothers and sisters are all together. We're still here. We're still together. We just got to keep our faith built up and our joy and our happiness on top of and stay on top and not on bottom in Jesus name right Father we thank you that you have your word to encourage us and you never let us alone you never leave us questioning and doubting and fainting you always there to encourage us and bring us back in our hope we thank you for that and we receive all that in Jesus' name, amen and amen. 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 amen.